What's good? My name is Koi Latte, and welcome to another episode of the Habit of Fitness Podcast. Thank you for taking your time to spend your time with me. The name of today's episode is The Evolution of Pursuit, and we're going to stay centered around the question of how to identify your why and also analyze how your why may change over time. So your goals and motivations don't necessarily like fully change over time, but they more so mature as you become more aware, more in tune with yourself, your body, and what you want to accomplish. And also as you become more skilled, you get better at what you're doing, start to develop to develop more confidence, you start to become more efficacious and you believe in yourself more. And over time, your desire for pursuit is going to evolve. So to analyze this concept, we're going to go over my personal journey with fitness and how that has influenced why I decided to become a trainer and why I'm seeking to become a professional in this field. Um, The motivation for this episode is coming from the book Ignite the Fire by Jonathan Goodman, which is pretty much a book designed to help personal trainers develop a successful business. And in the beginning of the book, he has like a list of questions to help you identify, analyze your why as a trainer so you can get into the client's perspective. So I'm going to let other people get into my perspective as a trainer, how my ideas and feelings about myself have evolved, and hopefully you can apply it to yourself and how it can benefit you. And I encourage you to analyze these questions for yourself, maybe recognize some of the similarities and some of the differences, what's making your journey unique to you, what makes mine unique for me. And also you can apply these questions to your specific career field or another hobby you have if you make some slight modifications to the questions. So let's get started. So what was your initial motivation for working out? I remember I, so I've always been very underweight to a point where I wanna say sixth grade, I was hospitalized and they pretty much put a feeding tube down my nose and it like fed me while I was sleeping and I was like in the hospital for like a week and I had to continue wearing that tube for like a month and it was like a very, um, just weird situation. And I would get made fun of in school, like people, I don't know if anybody's like really, has really small wrists, you've probably experienced like someone putting their hand around your wrist and like going up and down your forearm to kind of emphasize how small your wrist is. I don't know, kids do weird things. So I've always been very underweight and people have always made an effort to let me know how underweight I am. And yeah, it affected my insecurities, it affected how I felt about myself and I wanted to change that. So I always felt like there was a problem that I had with myself, um, not only in regards to eating, but just like my appearance in general, led to a lot of different insecurities, affected my relationships and the such. And because also like my family members were also very adamant about letting me know how small I was and how I needed to fix that. Um, But I just wasn't eating enough. So yeah, I started working out because I wanted to build muscle and also I have um, a problem with, I had a problem with my appetite at the time. So I just wasn't getting hungry, especially like in the morning. So if I were to work out in the morning, then I would develop an appetite earlier. So yeah, those are my main reasons for starting to work out. How did you start working out? My initial method of training was through calisthenics training. Calisthenics training is pretty much body weight based training. So you're doing like your body weight is your main source of resistance. So I was doing this program I called Mastering Bodyweight Basics, which the basics of calisthenics are 
push-ups, dips, squats, and pull-ups. And doing calisthenics gives you like a no excuses mindset because you can literally do it anywhere. Like you don't need to go to a gym if what a pull-up bar would really be the only thing that you like equipment that you need to actually get started with it. And because I was so underweight, it was easy for me to start this method of training because I didn't have a lot of resistance, I guess, to be working out with in the first place. So yeah, I started looking at people who did calisthenics. I wanted to get my numbers up and I was improving pretty good in it. I'll describe the first gym in detail. So I started working out at my local rec center. Um, I was still like doing calisthenics at the gym, but I wanted to be in that environment. So there's like a rec center that's like good, like probably less than five minute drive from my house. And it is very, very, very small. Like it's the size of, I feel like the size of this gym was like the size of maybe like two or three bedrooms. Like that's the easiest way I can think to describe it. It was very small. There's a lot of older people at the gym. So I was definitely the youngest in there. Um, and I felt quite comfortable in the gym. I personally have never um, been like really embarrassed in the gym unless I've like actually fallen over or, or something of that sorts. Um, but that's just because I'm clumsy. So uh, yeah, I've never had like gym intimidation, I guess is like the word that you would use where you're like intimidated from going to the gym and working out in public. Um, yeah, I personally just never experienced that. So what kept you going? Um, as I started working out, I really enjoyed building the skill of it. That made me more confident. Within calisthenics, there are also um, skills that you can learn. So I was learning the handstand. I know how to do an elbow lever. And I was working on other stuff. So a lot of people aren't necessarily doing this in the gym. So I just thought, one, it was cool. Like what I was able to do with my body was cool. I was gaining, I felt like I had more control overall, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I was not consistent really for the first um, two years. I would maybe take some weeks off or maybe a month off. And at the beginning of my second semester, sophomore year, I was pretty much depressed for like a month. And I just, I did not desire to like get out of bed. Like I I remember even thinking, I, I like had the thought to myself, um, I don't see the per like why people work out in general or why I don't like I'm doing fine without working out so I don't see the, the reason why I would need to start again and that's kind of when I realized I was kind of at a low point like I didn't want to improve myself when I was in that um, mental state and I pretty much never wanted to be in that mental state again so and also so the depression I had was a situational depression like it was a very specific situation that led me to be in that mental state I didn't have like diagnosed clinical depression or anything so not to say that like working out did help me get out of that depression for that situation because I desire to be pursuing something and to be bettering myself and focusing on working out helped me with that a lot to find some purpose in life as well so what obstacles did you face and how did you overcome them um, regarding fitness, my main obstacles were eating, if we're talking about holistic um, fitness. I have never had like a crazy appetite. If I did not need to eat, like, I probably would not eat. <laughs> I enjoy good food, or like when good food is brought to me, particularly paid for for me as well. But I don't enjoy cooking. Um, my appetite is very odd. And if I don't eat properly, then after a while, like I will stop working out for a minute because I recognize that I can't just be not eating 
but also like burning calories while I'm working out. Um, for this reason, I also, in my beginning stages, did not do a lot of cardio, which was not particularly healthy. Um, <laughs> I wasn't really warming up and stuff because I didn't want to be losing more weight. Like I, I wanted to be doing enough to build the muscle, but not doing too much to where I'd be losing so many calories from that. So eating has definitely been probably the biggest obstacle in my fitness journey. Um, another more minor obstacle was um, the idea of looking masculine. I'm already, like my personality is like mix of feminine and masculine. And people are, it's very, it's quite evident, I guess, like people say things about it. So that along with like looking masculine just... used to at least develop some sort of insecurity particularly like my arms are quite defined and people like make jokes about it they'll say I look like a man or something like that so having people like say those kind of things I guess was an obstacle for a bit like I wouldn't want to train arms as much or something of that sort and I'm not I'm not even like that big but it was like it was getting to me a bit so what other people have said and thought about me has affected like my perceptions of myself while like being skinny and also like being a woman like in this field or doing um the kind of training I do because I don't I'm not the girl that's like only doing legs like at all I'm working out everything and that's just not how it generally works I guess so at what point did you start to feel successful in the gym so like I said earlier I was running this program on myself called mastering bodyweight basics and as my numbers started to improve I could hit 10 12, 13 pull-ups. I think my one of my greatest maxes for push-ups was like 35 or 40. And I was also doing the skills. So I was able to do the handstand after like four months of practice. I not only felt accomplished by getting the certain numbers or getting a certain amount of time in the handstand, I felt confident in myself because it was like, oh, I, I reached this number. Oh, well, that it wasn't easy, but I can definitely get another couple reps or another couple seconds in another exercise. So as I, like when you hit that first goal, that first number goal, or maybe that might be that first weight goal for you, then you start to realize that, oh, I can do this. You're you're really like proving something to yourself. And then you kind of feel like undefeatable, like, oh, okay, what's, what's, what's next? I'm looking for the next thing that I can tackle and accomplish. So how did that impact your visions of yourself? I kind of already talked about that. Um, But yeah, also regarding um, muscle memory, like so if you're starting to get like a certain amount of numbers or you start to improve on a certain skill and you stop for a while, you can kind of like quickly, more quickly get um, back to where you were. So say like I could do 10 pull-ups, but I stopped working out for like a month and now I can only do like six or seven. Like you can get to 10 quicker than when you like just started out. So there's also like, so you realize this momentum, I guess is what you would call it, that you already kind of had this skill like embedded in yourself, even if you've taken some time off. And I don't know, it, it gave me more confidence at least when I was trying to get back in the groove of things because I've already proven to myself in the past that I could accomplish it and I could get back on track quite quicker. So when did you first notice changes? So my back is probably, in my opinion, my most developed body part. So when I started noticing, so when I started noticing like 
new crevices and the such in my back um when you're like oh I didn't even know this muscle existed like I was I was getting feelings like that um and also I guess like people can't really see my back unless I I have my shirt off and I'm just like in a sports bra so regarding other people noticing changes in my body which is the next question that would probably be like my arms um I've had somebody made a comment before that was like I want to be your arms when I grow up it's like the weirdest comment I've gotten but also like the coolest aesthetic related compliment so um yeah what kinds of comments did you receive and how did it make you feel so in the beginning when you're being consistent you start noticing changes in yourself and you're just like okay how can I improve how can I start to get better and then you start to expect less from other people saying things. So when you start to be consistent, you're kind of just focusing on yourself, you're noticing your differences, and you're like, okay, I'm doing good, I wanna keep getting better. But then when other people start saying stuff and you're not like expecting it, and you're like, oh, I guess I didn't even notice that because you're not, you're focused so much on the process, you're not really focused on like what your body is looking like. Um, this is like over time, of course, but it's something that I've noticed personally. So yes, next is when was the first time you gave advice to somebody else? So people have always, like, because I post on social media, I guess, um, like, kind of casually asked me about workout advice. And because I'm so small, it would just kind of look like, even when I wasn't being consistent, it would kind of just look like I was because I was so small, which was is just not the, not the case at all. Like, I have a weird metabolism, and I just don't gain fat like that. I started really, like, giving workout advice, I'm gonna say, like, my summer junior year um there were like these two girls in my internship who like asked to come to the gym with me or asking me to do different exercises asking different questions um about okay how can you develop this muscle how can you develop that muscle and I feel like that was the first time I actually kind of like trained somebody and this is before I actually had my certification but yeah generally people because I look so small people like think that I have like a lot together which to a certain extent is true, but for the most part, I just have a weird metabolism and I don't gain fat. Did your motivation for working out change over time? Um, so yes, the, like I said, I started out because I just wanted to gain weight. And now I really just train to be consistent and somewhat to develop skill. Since I've started, I still have not got the diet part down. I just don't enjoy eating. So that's been like the biggest struggle for me. And... I since I need to still work on that I'm not really focused on gaining the mass or the muscle at the moment but I well I'm not focused on working out to gain mass and stuff I'm trying to focus on okay what are foods that I like how can I be consistent with eating so I can combine that with my training program so I can actually build the muscle and the weight that I want to what made you decide to make personal training a career? So when I started to recognize that feeling of accomplishment that I was able to develop for myself, I realized that I wanted other people to have or to look for that same strength inside of them. Kind of like a, if I can do it, if I can do it, other people can do it. And I like teaching. I like educating. I like learning as well from other people. So... I figured that why not combine things that I enjoy doing already into some sort of profession or career. And when you realize that you can apply these principles to other things, which is one thing I'm trying to do with this podcast, what I'm trying to do with my business, I feel like there's just uh, something very powerful and very special about that. So I want to help other people realize what 
that means or what that translates into for themselves. So some of my obstacles with personal training are experience. I've only been certified for like, I think a year and a half. And I only worked for like maybe six or seven months, something along those lines because of COVID. And I personally do not feel comfortable going into a gym right now. Um, I also have quite a bit of imposter syndrome. So if you don't know what that is, um, imposter syndrome is pretty much when you're like really qualified to do something, but you just don't believe that you should be there. So you feel like an imposter among us. <laughs> you feel like an imposter in like whatever you're doing because you don't feel like you're actually qualified, even though like you have to be qualified in the first place to get the position or whatever. But because my background is in psychology and mental capacities and things of that sorts and not in anatomy, biology, um, muscular physiology, things of that sorts, I feel like less confident in my ability to be a trainer. But I'm slowly getting over that, slowly realizing that I have good stuff to say and it's going to help a lot of people. So how do you maintain your passion for fitness today? I recognize that what I'm doing is not only for me, but more so for the people that I can help and make an impact on. I want to somewhat be a model or at least be some sort of evidence of what success can look like. And also, I just like unlocking new levels of myself, realizing that I can do something new and I want to see how far I can go with that. And I guess the last thing I'll say is when it comes to identifying your why or when I'm trying to help a client identify their why, um, the skills of being able to dissect someone's situation and advise them on options they can pursue next to advance their lifestyle, I feel is like a gift that I cannot let be unused. So I, that's why I really want to help clients and people identify their why for fitness and help them realize how they can use this in different areas of their life. So yeah, that um, that's pretty much it for this podcast. Yeah, it has a bit of a weird ending. Didn't plan this out too much. But yes, um, again, the name of this episode was The Evolution of Pursuit. I have described my personal journey with fitness, how it has changed and shaped my mindset. And hopefully you can apply these questions to you. And yeah, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great day.